Good evening and welcome to the Pompey Politics Podcast. I'm Ian Tiny Morris. And I'm Simon Sandsbury. And welcome to our second to last episode before Christmas. I have battled my way back from it was either Ebola, man flu or a heavy cold. So forgive me if the voice is sounding just a touch husky today. But before we indulge ourselves next week with our own version of A Christmas Carol, this week we've got our latest ward report, one which is very pertinent for myself and Simon, as we are both residents of Cosham. So we are we are blessed and joined by no less than all three of our Cosham Ward councillors. Welcome, councillors. Hi. Hi. Hello. Uh, good evening. So I'll give a bit of introduction to um, to the ward uh, and then to our councillors, and then should we crack straight on with, with the questions, Ian? Let's do it. Okay, so uh, Cosham is one of the three Portsmouth wards not on the island. It's still part of Portsmouth, but you can fight and you can fight in the comments about that if you want to. Um, with Portsgrove to the west and Drayton and Farlington to the east, it stretches from the top of the hill um, in the north and to Portsbridge Creek in the south. It's an area with thousands of residential houses, uh, mostly uh, pre-World War II to the east of the High Street and post um, post the Second World War to the, to the west with the Isle of Wight and Wimmering Estates. It's home to Highbury College, Cosham High Street, QA Hospital, the council-owned Lakeside Office Park and King George V playing fields um, and enjoys easy connections by car, train or bus into the city and out to the neighbouring towns and beyond. So there's our advert for Cosham. Mm. Um, um, We're joined today uh, by all three of the Cosham Ward councillors, so we're really lucky and thank you all three for giving us your Sunday evening. So we're joined by Councillor Matthew Atkins, uh, Councillor Ashgar Shah and Councillor Mary Vallely, so welcome very much to the show. Um, bit of a quick history, uh, Councillor Atkins joined Portsmouth City Council in 2019 as one of the three Conservative councillors uh, for the ward at the time. He's the opposition spokesperson for planning, policy and city development. Uh, councillor Shah joined the council in uh, 2022 as the first Labour councillor in Cosham since 2002 uh, and is the opposition spokesperson for environmental services and for resources. Um, and councillor Valerie joined the council in May this year, um, bringing the Labour councillors in Cosham to do. Uh, Mary is the opposition spokesperson for culture, leisure and economic development. There we go. Hopefully I've got all of that right. Indeed. Marvellous. So if we can start with our questions, and I guess, uh, you know, if, if there is such a thing, um, what does a typical day as a Cosham councillor look like? And can I ask that first to Matthew, please? Uh, sure. Yeah. Um, I think um, there are some misconceptions about councillors, which I can clear up quickly, though probably most of your listeners are are aware. Um, so we're not full time. So I have a day job. Um, certainly I know Councillor Shah does. I, I don't know what Councillor Mary Vladis suspect she does as well. So um, I worked out at the, the university. Uh, but days where I'm doing uh, a lot of council work, I I tend to come home in the evening, every evening, and check my email. So that that's kind of regular do regular casework via email, um, correspond with residents, correspond <clears throat> with with officers. Um, when there is uh, ward casework to be done in person, you know we have meetings arranged during the week potentially, or or at the weekend with residents. Uh, attending local community events. Um, sadly, of course, the, the Christmas light switch was cancelled this week, but we were all geared up, I expect, to attend that on Thursday night um, before it was suddenly cancelled. Um, 
and then um so so there's 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 that side of it then uh half the job so half the job is dealing with kind of residents ward caseworking email caseworking um uh person attending sort of local events meeting local community groups then the other half is central council stuff so meetings that we attend in council uh probably have one or two of those a week um maximum depending on our our meeting load where we go in and uh, say shadow our portfolio mine is about planning policy like the local plan uh, city development like big major projects going on in the city not particularly costume specific but obviously affects costume um, heavily um, might be on the planning committee might be on one of the other committees in council um, and then um, uh, so, so there's the sort of two halves of the job one's casework one's one's uh, 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 one's uh, set up in the council so um it's a misconception we might be sort of fat cat government people as well we uh we're all three of us in opposition um and, and it's a mostly voluntary role we get about a, a ten thousand pound allowance topped up by uh, small banks we do so um uh we do our council work in council we do casework as we can for the ward and we best advocate for the ward as we can but our probably our primary job is actually representing those individual residents when they have issues with their council services so um you know dealing with those emails still going and seeing residents uh, and going to community events is, is probably the main the main function of a local councillor i would say perfect thank you matt and and Shah, that how does uh how does your day look? Are you juggling a, a, a job and council work as well? Thank you, Ian. Um, actually, my day is, um, there is not much difference, but first of all, obviously, I am a spokesperson in two portfolio, one is environmental services and resources. I'm also a member of the planning committee and licensing committee as well. I'm a standing deputy for employment committee as well. So I got, I think, more. Uh, rules. So I'm obviously busy in the council almost every week. I do have at least a meeting, a committee meeting. Um, and um, I'm also out on from morning to evening Fridays, my day to go out and to see uh, my residents, meet them. I have four uh, week, uh, four monthly um, uh, local surgery. So every Friday from 11 till 12, I have surgery in different locations. And after these surgeries, I do go out and meet my residents face to face in person. Over the phone, yes, but face to face, I do more. I like to go in to see my residents. This is on a weekly basis, on regular basis. Um, I have my full time job and I have my young family. Um, I do do food hub as well for the last good few years. And I do organize uh, Christmas hampers, which is again for the last good few years. Um, Christmas meal, another project I added to my portfolio, my, my residence portfolio, call it not council portfolio, as a community volunteer. And new year meal is another one for this year. So there is so much actually uh, I'm I've been doing for the last good few years now, and I I do enjoy it. Oh, it sounds sounds like a lot of work, Shara. I think you'd have to enjoy it. So, so Mary, as the as the newbie to the team, um, how, how are you finding yeah. uh, 
balancing the demands of of work and council life well is there anything in there that um that surprised you or did you uh did you get the the inside track before you signed up well a bit of both but don't tell you the full story in case you don't go (laughs) for it you know what i mean (laughs) so um my portfolio is culture leisure and economic development of which there's a lot involved and then planning wise i'm in planning or committee wise i'm in planning i'm in education and young people scrutiny panel I'm in the management scrutiny panel. Um, standing deputy for governance, audit, and standards. Uh, Said that quickly. Langston Harbour. I'm on uh, the board for that, and I'm also on the Push Partnership for South Hants. And of course, we're all involved in the local plan. Um, so yeah. yes, quite busy and two part-time jobs. Yeah. So there's never a typical day. But I have uh, several meetings in a week, without doubt. Marvellous. Thank you all. Okay, so... um... We um, just so our um, viewers can understand, we've randomised um, who we're coming to first for each question, just to give everyone a chance to to come first. Um, so um, staying with uh, staying with Mary, um, what are the issues residents are raising the most with you? Well, I, I forgot to mention that, of course, in amongst all that committee work and. Um, the priority is actually the casework um, working with the residents is our main priority. And I try to do every Friday with Shah. Um, it's difficult because my portfolio often meets on a Friday mornings, but we usually get the afternoon and the early evening to do this. So meeting with residents is really important. The things that they mostly talk about are traffic issues, um, parking permits, Things like needing double yellow lines removed or added, um, needing a traffic island because the traffic's really bad, especially in Wimmering. Um, the other things that are really important to people are housing issues. Um, and I suppose the other thing that we look at are sometimes issues with antisocial behaviour, drugs in the area. Yeah. Um, yeah, so those are the main things. And obviously the cost of living is everybody's issue at the minute. Um, people are really struggling, really struggling. And that's both sides. Do, uh, but it was interesting you you, you mentioned that. Do you, would you say there's there's two, there's two there are two cautions effectively? Is there is there that kind of divide? Does that exist? or it, The obvious difference is that there's more mm-hmm. council housing uh, in one side than the other. And I think that we're really lucky to have council housing because actually... Lots of councils have sadly sold off their council housing, so we are lucky to have that. Um, the benefit of having a council house is that when things are really difficult financially, the council will help you. If there's a hole in the roof, you'll get it fixed. If you own your house and it's wear and tear, at the minute, people are struggling to get things fixed. You know, they're putting up with the damp, um, doing jobs themselves that necessarily aren't the best way of doing things, but... Yeah, there's a struggle financially for everybody. Thank you, Sharp. Um, anything more to add on that? What are, what are people saying to you? Yeah, I think I think what uh, my colleague said is mainly we got traffic issues like double yellow line, uh, traffic island. There are few sports actually, very hot sports in Kasham. Uh, so we are working on them to have island there. Uh, residence permit parking is another one which some residents, they didn't like, but I think they are coming to us inclined to have residence permit parking and it's again another hot uh, topic at the moment in our board 
Uh, we are working on that. And since I got elected last year, I've been working on traffic calming measures for uh, like a daily basis. Uh, do you see my residence and the traffic issues are the main one. And obviously housing, we can say is the second one. Uh, housing you would find everywhere, but I think traffic coming measure is yeah, very burning issue. Okay, yeah. that's lovely. Um, and um, last but not least, um, Matthew, what's the what are people coming to you about? Sure. Um, yeah, I, th- I think um, antisocial behaviour is is worth emphasising. I think um, that. So I don't fully agree that there's there's two cautions. I don't think Mary said that there is definitely two cautions but no, no, um I, I i think that there are issues that are universal to the ward and then there's specific area issues and um antisocial behavior is universal to the to the whole area of the ward um uh all the areas both sides of, of the high street wimmering the hybrid estate um, they're all concerned about um about uh antisocial behavior and house burglary and that's why you know we've been organizing uh, police meetings where we can we've been uh trying to uh, the, the police and crime commission is opening a new police desk and there's and the work going on to uh to to build the new police station in Kosham. so i think there's some good work being done there i think that is a a, a key issue across the ward uh traffic it, it, the issues are different in different areas so the speeding is particularly mm-hmm. a medina road issue near the primary school um and a, a hybrid estate issue i think um and uh you know former councillor mason and i tried to you know get the 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 vehicle activated signs set up um those are still in the works those are approved um it's taking an annoying length of time to get them um uh, and i know my two colleagues weren't necessarily sure about that idea and, and asked for further investigation but it's taken quite a bit of time to to get them installed um but th- those are in the works as well and uh, so i think those are two sort of um big issues going on uh, at the moment um and, and the part the the traffic um zone area the parking zone i get most complaints about parking from the hospital area mm-hmm. where they have a right. a parking zone and that has always been the case and it's, it's very unfortunate patients doctors nurses uh, <clears throat> leaving their cars and, and because enforcement is such a, a difficult issue we get a lot of casework where you know, I, I, I'm passing on the number of the uh, the traffic enforcement team and saying, you know, when there's a car outside in your parking zone without a parking uh, permit, the best thing to do is is call enforcement and hope they have someone free to come and uh, come and investigate. Um, so I, I think um, uh, obviously th- those are two major issues. Um, uh, I think uh, there's there's still concerns coming in quite regularly around the the KG five development to the, the the fifa excellent sensor and, and the effect that, that has had on the playing fields in terms of their tidiness in terms of, of whether the when it's going to finish and when the site is going to be rectified and, and uh, made attractive as it should be um and over the last year there's still a residual and i know we've got a question coming up later uh, concern around development in the the center of town um and I think that's that's. Uh, I'll, I'll discuss that more later. More on hold now than um, than it was, and certainly um, uh, I've worked very hard alongside uh, former colleagues and current colleagues to get the uh, the number of flats down there. And um, there are no imminent plans for development there, but we'll, we'll discuss that later. I imagine. Oh, lovely. Um, okay. So I think those are, those are three most common issues that that we do hear about: uh, the, the centre development, the traffic, and the uh, antisocial behaviour. Lovely. Thank you. Ian? So if we look at the 
political element. So the current council has the makeup with 18 Liberal Democrats, eight Conservatives, seven for Labour, six for Pip, and some other folk. I'm not can't do the numbers in my brain that quickly. So I guess in terms of trying to hold a minority administration to uh, to account and to ensure that the voices of your residents are heard, how do you make that work? You know, with with both of you, you know, both sides being in minority parties. And can I ask that first to Shah, please? Um, I think I I may be a little bit different. Um, whenever we need to challenge the administration, we do. And I think a recent example is for the um, uh, stroke recovery uh, services. We did challenge the administration and we got the services back. But mostly we, and especially myself, when I'm talking about myself as a community volunteer, um, I do want to work with all the parties. And obviously my colleague, Matt, he does know me very well. And I do want to work with each and everyone for the best of my community, for the best of my residents. So whenever challenge is required, yes, I do challenge. And when uh, needs to be worked friendly for the best, to get the best for my uh, residents, then yes, we do work together. I do try to work with all parties. And this is obvious, I think, from my dealing with all other groups. Perfect. Thank you. And can I ask the same question to Mary? How, how are you getting the voices of your residents amplified? Um, we have our feet in the ground all the time. So um, we can prove a need um, with surveys or whatever we have. So we actually have people's voices as fact, you know, um, knocking on doors regularly, going out, uh, talking to people in groups, um, getting surveying what people need, think, want. So, yeah, I mean, we obviously have, we can bring motions and things like that, um, but actually the stuff on the ground is the most important thing, feeding that back, yep. challenging, questioning. Yeah. And so I guess finally, no, last but by no means least, Matt, how do you, uh, how are you finding life now in, in um, you know, in opposition rather than there was a few years when the Conservatives led the council? Is it harder to get things done? Yeah, so sadly, I, w I wasn't part of the group when um, so we, we lost administration in 2018 and I was elected in 2019. But um, uh, so my experience has been a bit mm. of opposition. Um, I think um, uh, uh, Councillor Shaw is right that uh, the first approach to working with uh, working administration is always that um, you would try. And, and I, I, I'm vocal in council and I will criticise publicly when I think there is a problem. Uh, but that is actually that's not what I do first. What I do first is I go and talk to the cabinet member. I, I have usually given fair warning behind the scenes and had the long discussions with cabinet members. You know, when it came to the, the fireworks issue, for example, uh, which didn't work out very well for the north of the city mm. this year, as uh, Councillor Mason and I had kind of predicted, um, we had had long discussions with officers, long discussions with cabinet members, uh, trying to uh, get them to... Um, uh, prepare properly for that to put in place the right measures warning them this was going to be an issue that resulted out of the development um, and the reason for the public criticism I've, I've given of of, of uh, the administration in public is because the you know warnings and advice were not heeded in, in private so but a lot of the time a lot of that work goes on uh, more privately in private discussions and, and there isn't a need to have a kind of public holding to account or, or opposition and um, 
when we talk about the the the, the development of possible flats in the city centre, I'd use that as an example of where in the end um the administration and, and, and the officers worked with us. Um I would highlight the, the role of a councillor, particularly as you spent a bit more time on the council, um, in dealing with, with officers as well, because so much of our casework it's not worth taking to a an elected cabinet member. You actually take it to uh, a relevant officer, be that a director or a caseworker. So if we get a housing query, someone feels their housing accommodation is inadequate or they've got an antisocial behaviour issue around their housing, I'm not going to take that straight to Darren Sanders, the cabinet member. I'm going to go via the officers. I'm going to get their, um, their case reviewed. I'm going to uh, advocate for them where they, you know, might have issues that mean their accommodations are not suitable because of a, a, a child a, you know a disability their child has or something like that that is it's much more common than i'm working with officers or it when we planned the the exercise equipment in caution park it was that was you know me cancellation and, and the officers in parks working on that and the officer for our sill money working on that um and and really that's about you know reminding reminding the officers cautions here and, and if you want a project accomplished you have to you know, stay on top of it week to week, keep those emails going in, asking for status updates. Uh, and that's not because the, the officers don't want to help. The officers are really useful and, and uh, they've they've worked very hard on a lot of projects for Kosham over the years, but it's their caseload is so heavy, you know, the workload that they're doing, you have to keep Kosham at the top of the agenda, if you see what I mean. So um, that building relationship with officers, knowing who does, who does what and um, encouraging them to, keep on top of the projects that are slowly making their way through for, for cost of infrastructure. That's, that's, I think, a big part of how, you know, we, we make sure that our, our ward is well serviced. Yes, there is the, the public debate and, and that tends to be on the higher level issues, you know, the, the spending across the city, the council tax, the big developments planned. Um, if you want to get a, a smaller thing done, it's probably better to work through the officers as best you can first. Yeah, no, no. It sounds like uh, it sounds like some of those uh, some of the council meetings, which can sometimes get a little bit playful. Um, there's much more collaboration goes on behind the scenes than perhaps uh, most most people see. Would that would that be fair? I think that that is fair. I think there's often been extensive discussion uh, behind the scenes of a lot of of these issues, and it's where you know, we, we have a different opinion we haven't resolved that it comes out um, in, in the meetings in, in public. Okay. Um, and that <clears throat> beautifully segues into our next question, um, which um, which is how, how does Cosham and, and, the, and the rest of the, the north of the city um, compare to other wards uh, for things um, like um, infrastructure investment? Um, and if I can ask that first to Mary, please. Um, it would seem, when you first look at it, that actually the South gets everything. Um, that's the common perception. But actually, Cotner has more industrial units than anywhere else in the city. Um, we have QA. Um, you know, we have, we have things that you wouldn't necessarily think about. Um, but obviously in the South, there's much more around culture which um you know is difficult because they have both the theaters you know they have the art spaces they have things um more cafe culture you know the whole shopping areas are bigger um and i think that's something that we can work on um for for caution 
um, maybe improving the shopping offer, making sure that we fill those spaces uh, in the high street, um, maybe working on some of the planters, making it look a bit better. But actually, we'd, I don't think we do too bad. Okay, um, thank you. And, and I'll go to uh, to Matthew next, if that's all right. So um, how do we compare to the to the, to the the south? Is, is the north getting a raw deal or, or not? Um, I think what the south gets that the north doesn't get is that kind of ongoing regular attention. Those, I mean, there's an attempt to organize events in the north of the city, but the events in the south of the city this year have worked out and the events in the north of the city, particularly in caution, have not gone the way that we would have hoped or expected. Um, and I think that kind of there's, there's regular cultural stuff. There's, there's um, uh, that kind of beautification of, of the south that goes on. I think that's why you can kind of feel that the north gets a, a bit of a raw deal. Um, sometimes our, our, our road surfaces seem to be quite neglected in the north. Some of the road surfaces, I think, that are allowed to go on in Wimmering, um, in Pondsgrove as well, the White Estate, and, and at times even the Highbury Estate. I think I think uh, if those road surfaces were seen in South Sea, I think uh, there would be um, quite a lot of consternation. So I think that there's kind of regular council service questions, I would say. Overall investment, I think if we were, there's two aspects to it. One, um, caution received quite a lot of attention in, I guess, the purchase of Lakeside. Mm -hmm. um, if, if we call that a council investment, that's a big investment. Um, and also in relation to this new FIFA Fair Play Centre. And now I know that's not actually necessarily great for the residents of Caution, but from the, the, if you talk to, you know, Steve Pease, if he was here to be fair to him, well, he would say that was a, a, a big investment in Caution that the council has made alongside, you know, Football England. Um, what I would say is that it's it's there's, there's other investment that's come in the north of the city, whereas the south recently has been quite unsuccessful in its its funding bids for um, the, the government for rally uh, for, for various things. I, I don't yeah, think the, the Portsmouth South made any successful uh, funding applications to government at all um, last year, whereas um, through Penny Morden, we've seen investment come into the Hills Lido. Um, the, 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 obviously, the closure of Cosham Health Centre was very controversial. But after, in the wake of that, Penny Morden went up and spoke to the health minister and made sure that the funding for a new GP, GP surgery at the old PCMI site, so north of the town centre, was greenlit. So the funding has been greenlit for that. Funding is, you know, currently building a new A&E at, um, at, uh, at, at Queen Alexandra Hospital. So I actually think um, there's been a reasonable amount of government funding come to the north of the city in the last couple of years. We just haven't actually seen it hit yet. And as I already mentioned, the new mm -hmm. blue light centre, the fire station, the police said, uh, station that the, the Police and Crime Commissioner Donna Jones is working on. So um, I think if we look overall, there is some good investment coming, but it's in the pipeline. And some of the short term things have been quite bad, like obviously the closure of the health centre and, and the problems that, that the associated uh, GP closure, um, though the, the other two GP surgeries, the, the um, Caution Park House and the Drayden surgery have really stepped up, I think, in the wake of that. I know their service is not perfect, but they have they have absorbed the, the patients well, and that process in the end um, was resolved, I think, without too many people having major problems. Um, so um, while I think there's there's been some issues with, with councils, the council services sometimes forgetting Caution, um, the overall picture over the last few years, um, particularly when you take into account 
uh, other sources of funding um, hasn't hasn't been too bad for caution. Um, thank you. Um, Shah, did you have anything to add on that one? What were your thoughts? Um, I think I mostly I agree with both of my colleagues, but I think a couple of things which I want to mention and add actually just to um, and what they said, I agree with them. I don't want to go in more details, but a few things which in the in the south of the city, I think they got leadership. The MP is spending more time in the city, and um, I think he got more activities. Uh, with the residents in the south of uh, the city. Um, also, um, I think uh, cycle lanes in the north of the city, I think south is better than the north of the city. Um, yes, we do have better facilities like Kiwi, we got in Kaushim is in the north of the city. We got um, KGV in the north of the city. Um, about a couple of things which I just mentioned about bikes and I think we need more activities in the north of the city mm. but obviously um, I know Penny got so much to do as well but we need more means someone to lead the north of the city so we can get uh, better like in the south they are I would say a bit better not that much but a bit better because they got the leadership okay. mm. thank you now let's let's focus on the north-south divide and something which is uh, which uh, I, I think has caused some consternation. Um, so, the, obviously, the fireworks at King George V had to be moved. We were told there would be a one in the south and one in the north. Uh, north was said definitely going ahead, definitely going ahead. Then was cancelled, and then this week the Christmas lights switch on at Cosham. I think uh, Matthew alluded to it earlier. Um, it, it looked like it was going ahead and then the message came through somebody who took the bins down in my shorts and t-shirt I couldn't quite see it so you know how can we you know it is is there something to this or you know how can we avoid that the perception that the events that the nice events rather than the financial event in the north tend to be cancelled at the last minute what what can be done to make that better and can I ask that first to Mary, please? This is a really difficult one, and everybody was so disappointed, um, you know, especially um, at Halloween, I think. Um, so indoors in the council, we have experts. If we don't listen to them, what is the point of them? Um, this I was actually in the council on the third floor when Steve Pitt made the decision. And because they weren't sure, because you know, things can change with the weather so easily. They left it to the last so that hopefully children wouldn't be disappointed. But of course, that didn't happen. Um, the difficulty we have is that if people get injured, they go straight to the solicitor these days, you know? It's not it's not a straightforward, like in the old days, everybody get wet and they go home and they change. And, you know, people have an opinion about whether we should have gone ahead or not. So... Um, it's difficult. I don't have an answer. Um, I suppose communication is the answer at the end of the day, making sure that everybody's on board. Um, you're never going to get agreement from everybody, and that's the problem. Uh, yeah, that's a hard one. No, no worries. <laughs> so, Char, your your thoughts? Um, um, actually, I do agree with uh, my colleague, uh, but I just I want to add a couple of things. Um, in regards to the event was cancelled, uh, in very short time, 
I think health and safety obviously is the top priority for our residents, for ourselves, for our council. And that's what they decided. But I think before that, if we go a bit further, um, when this event was even announced, that was very late announced in the north of the city, um, we didn't have proper um, information what's going on when the when where the event will be organized in the KGV because we used to have in KGV or somewhere else. So I did submit actually a couple of questions to the uh, in the full council meeting and I did ask a question about I think the communication was a bit poor could be improved and the um, cabinet member did agree with me and he said yes you're right and we will uh, improve. Uh, communication in the future because um, we are representing the community, our wards. So if we are not on board, we are not on the same page, obviously we can't answer to our residents. So that was agreed and hopefully, I do hope, um, that will be improved in the coming uh, weeks and months. Thank you, Shah. Matthew, finally yeah. to yourself, are, are the residents of the North getting a raw deal or is it just forced leisure and unavoidable um, i think i think i would say that there, there is some raw deal here i don't think it's all just force majeure and unavoidable because i think it's it's down to planning and it's down to um decisions that should have been taken a lot earlier and things that should have been thought out and, and plans that should have been made uh substantial amounts of time before i'm talking more about the fireways here i'll get to the the rather sad events of, of this week on Thursday and the Christmas light switch on afterwards. But to talk about the fireworks, you know, this was a, a slow moving car crash that, you know, Councillor Mason and I anticipated. I mean, Councillor Hogan, it goes that far back. It goes back years to when this the, the, the plans were in motion to build this FIFA um, Fair Play Centre. You know, we immediately said, well, what's going to happen to the regular events on um, King George V? Because there really isn't another suitable site in Portsmouth North. And that's down to, you know, Portsmouth South having um, a longer history of having events and that kind of question we went back to before about the focus of public events on the South. There's quite a lot of locations where you can hold that sort of thing in Portsmouth South. There's, there's the High Street has its big food festival. There's various, you know, the Kite Festival, the Victoria's Street Festival go on on, on uh, the Common, Castle Field, the new development around the bandstand of the, of the, um, the sea defences, all of that took into account holding events. But if you look at the planning of new things in Portsmouth North, it doesn't take into account how we're going to hold public events and public access so well. There's been too much sort of last minute quick design thinking recently. And I'm very worried the same thing is going on in the Brownsby Park Sports Centre, but that is uh, obviously not directly my ward, ward issue. You know, how are people going to get there? How are they going to park? How are they going to be safe? And how are we going to be able to accommodate the numbers? And that's the kind of things we wanted them thinking about if they were going to take away the ability to hold something like the fireworks at KG5. Because there's been some dispute over, you know, having to cross slightly major roads to get mm -hmm. to KG5. But ultimately, you could park in Lakeside and there's an underpass. You could park in the centre of town and, and the police one year briefly closed um, the London road so people could cross safely from Caution Park over, you know, with a train station where the bus station is into into KG5. It's, it's a good site. Um, if I mean, if they'd consulted years earlier on this FIFA thing, if they thought about it a bit more, I do think there's an argument maybe it should have gone to Farlington play, playing fields. And not that we, uh, just because a lot of football is also held there and, and 
Caution had this Caution KG Five had this dual dual community role. Um, it was very clear a long way in advance. I think that that the the Hilsey site they chose in Alexandra Park was going to be difficult because I mean, Council pays the Harrison as soon as he heard it, it floods far too easily, gets turns into a bog. It doesn't fully flood, but it's 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 um, it's just far too muddy and too um, too exposed a lot of the time to hold that kind of size of event. And its transport links weren't good enough. Um, and in terms of something similar on Farlington, you've got the same problem getting cars in and out and it being a little bit out of the way. So uh, I just think that there aren't the locations put aside and thought about and set up for these kind of events in the north. And, and when it comes to new developments in the north, it's not given the, the same kind of priority it would be given if if you were thinking about, you know, the south. I think the the recent uh, cancellation on, on the high street... Um, will either turn out, and this requires further investigation, residents have been asking me to ask why for a November event was it not planned out that they had a stage surface that was suitable for the weather or a covering of the stage surface that protected them so that it wasn't uh, too slippery. There are questions to be asked in planning there, you know, how this event was planned as well. And I know back in the day, Councillor Mason, you know, this is going back longer um, longer ago sort of 15 years had to fight quite hard to keep the caution quite uh, christmas light switch on event at all i think the administration is supportive in principle but it's no good if it's kind of an afterthought that doesn't get sufficient uh, planning consideration it might just turn out to be an individual mistake this year that someone didn't protect the stage against water that should have done or f forgot to bring the right sort of surface or something i don't know um but um i think it's very disappointing and it, it um given the, the likely weather conditions and the facts, as you say, the weather that night just wasn't that bad. Um, I think I've been out in similarly bad weather before for the light switch on. So um, it's it's disappointing that that decision had to be made and you feel like some precautions could probably have been taken that would have protected that event. Um, but but I don't think that's necessarily a, lot, a, a, a deeper issue. I think the fireworks issue shows a, a sort of wider problem with events in the north, whereas I... I think there's an individual disappointing result when it comes to the Christmas lights, which are this year. So uh, thank you all for your answers there. Okay, so um, so staying with Matthew, and I know we we touched on it earlier on. So the the new fire station um, heralds the first piece in a in a puzzle um, that that seeks to redevelop a large area of land to the immediate west of the high street. What are the, what are the pros and cons of of such a development, and what what do you hope that that's eventually going to entail? Well, it's worth first saying that the so, so everyone who understands a change that occurred um, earlier this year um, in discussions we were having around the local plan is that Caution had been identified as what's called an opportunity area, and they were attempting what's called a land assembly, i.e., to take together a series of sites: the old police station, the community centre, and the old the, the health centre site being the main sites. And the council was going to try and buy all those sites to do one big development. Um, uh, that is now not going to go ahead. We, Councillor Mason and I, Councillor Shaw was there in the meeting, I remember, in the end opposed that because we felt that the, the, the thrust behind that part of the scheme was really flats and housing that may well not have sufficient parking provision and were going to be too high intensity for the area. And we think a lot of people were very concerned about that. Um, there is still an identified allocation um, of housing to Cosham in the local plan for that area, um, but that has come down, you know, hundreds from where we started, 
and by opposing the land assembly element, they would come forward as individual developments that the planning committee can scrutinize for each of the individual sites. And I actually suspect Cotton Community Centre may well not be on the cards for development, redevelopment, and now into into flats. And, and I think that's a good thing. Um, uh, the old police station and, and the health centre would have to be individually looked at, and I think that's a good thing. Um, the the uh, Blue Light Centre. Um, in order to make sure that the the delays that might occur with this scheme of of trying to assemble all the land and buy the land from Health England and the police. Um, the place of Crown Commissioner Donna Jones made sure that she pushed to have the Blue Light Centre, the new fire and police centre, pursued separately and immediately. So that's why that's already gone ahead. And, and because she made sure those agreements were signed off and the, the money uh, drawn down from the government and from the council. So the, the Lib Dem administration, to be fair, worked well with her there to pursue that site. And I think that's good news. There was some controversy about the the location and, and um, whether or not it, it's going to um, uh, be uh, suitable to have the vehicles coming out onto the, the the Spur Road roundabout, but the council are aware of that, so is the Police Crime Commissioner, so I think uh, precautions will be taken to make sure the road layout is safe, and I think it's really good news for caution that we will have you know a, a fire and police station uh, available there on site. Um, I also think that uh, it's, it's good news that we're not looking at one big development of flats. It's a shame that there isn't more investment in the high street um, and, and footfall is good for the high street. So I do think there's some scope um, for an increase in housing in the area. The council does not own or control the other very large building, the old X, XBT building in that area. So that may at some point come forward for uh, private development, but there isn't any imminent plan I'm aware of um, for that either. Um, I think that with the health center, the health centre building itself, it's a shame, but it's not salvageable. It is um, no longer fit for purpose and it has asbestos issues and structural issues. So it will come down. It will be down to uh, Health England, Public Health England, whether or not they just decide to try and put new health facilities on that site. That is what I would like to see. It is what Penny Moore would like to see. But um, given there is this new development of a, of, uh, a, a GP uh, center up next to the PCMI site is possible that may go for a, uh, a housing development and if it does then I'll be pushing for something that has good parking that is, is good quality housing and um, isn't a kind of slapping as many flats as you can to meet the housing targets kind of approach which is is what I'm afraid I think the previous plan was and why Councillor Mason and I opposed it. So that's the current status. There, there is no, the grand plan to buy up a whole lot of sites and build a whole lot of flats is not going ahead uh, on our current understanding. Okay, great. Well, thank you for that very thorough um, update on that one. I'm sure I'm sure people really want to, wanted to hear what was going on uh, with, with regards to that. Um, uh, Mary, can I just come, come to you? Have you um, got anything more to add to that one? Uh, I don't think there's anything more to add. The only thing that uh, I know that um, the local plan looked at many, many, many sites um, for this. So the roundabout is an issue, but I feel like when all is said and done, you know, that's what's had to go ahead. So, yeah, nothing else to say. Thank you. Um, Shah, anything, anything from you on that? Um, actually, I think my colleague, he explained very well, and I agree with him, and we were in the same meeting, and we opposed together, all three councillors at that time. 
Um, just I wanted to say actually just a short question, the, the, sorry, the short, the, the short answer is any development in our board is we love to have it. And the con is we don't have the funds to have that big development at the, at the moment it is on hold. Thank okay, thank you very much. Ian. So, yeah, next question is is looking at the time in council and slightly unfair to yourself, Mary, as you've only been there a short <laughs> period of time. Is there a one achievement so far which you feel most proud of? And if I can come to you first, Mary, that would be uh, that would be great. Um, there isn't anything that we do that's by ourselves. Um, I think the first thing I did was just phone up and say, what on earth's happened with Chatsworth Road? Um, the potholes were incredible, but I mean, you know, that was already in the system. Um, it just so happened that it uh, started to improve just after. But, you know, things that help people in their houses and their homes. But yeah, generally, nothing that I do by myself. No, and I think it's very gracious of you, Mary. Can I just say that on behalf of the podcast, we, we both listened to your maiden speech in council and felt it was fantastic and very moving so uh oh, so that one you, you definitely did all on your own so <laughs> matt you, you you've you've had a bit longer there um something you're most proud of sure yeah and i mean um we all the, the pothole issue was an important one we all chased on the chasing makes things happen better quicker so, so i think that is an achievement um as well um my i think the biggest achievement um for uh for me and the ward is probably and and it didn't affect the whole ward it affected a specific community um the campaign uh last year to and it affected a specific community recently as well actually uh the the to have the uh, decision reversed to charge residents of uh the the park home estates uh 10 of the value of their homes if they tried to sell them. I think that was a, a decision that councils have tried, this council has tried to take before, and other councils have taken the decision, but I think it's a morally wrong decision. Um, and so, you know, this is one of the things where we did have those backroom discussions and we couldn't reach agreement with uh, the cabinet member on this. We took it to him quietly first and said, and I, and I went to the portfolio decision meeting and, and advocated for a change in that policy there before we, you know, tend up a full council with a big group of the uh, residents held that banner up and said, you know, this is this is wrong. So we we helped the residents organize a a, a, a campaign in um, in the Guildhall Square. Um, and we got that decision overturned so that uh, so that they can now sell their, their homes without fear of losing, you know, 10 percent of, of what is their their main asset. Um, uh, I mean, we tried, first of all, putting in a budget amendment. We were the only party that, that voted for our budget amendment. Um, I appreciate that we possibly could have made it clearer to Labour. That was a key element of our budget amendment. But but, but I think that is one that um, that we, you know, Council Mason, uh, Councillor Harker Day, we really took the lead on that. And we really achieved something in the face of an administration that wanted to bring in that that increased charge. So I'm I'm proud that we changed their minds on that one. Marvellous. Thank you, Matthew. And uh, Shah, something in your in your time you're proud of? Um, actually, you asked me one thing. I don't know how many things I can I can share with you. So we can start it from number one. Um, when I got elected before that, my plan was to make myself accessible to my residents. And that's I made it in the last over a year now. 
um, I'm available 24-7 to my residence, so that was number one. Number two, in the council, um, um, our group, but obviously I presented um, motion for um, dentistry, sorry, NHS dentistry, and that was approved unanimously uh, by the full council meeting, and we got two dentistry, one in Kasham and the other one on Kopner Road. Um, and the third one is um, waste services in-house. Uh, that was also approved, and by next year, April, we will be have we will be having these waste services back in house. Um, oh. So yes, I, I can go a bit further, but I think I can stop it here. You asked for one, so I have. Yeah, to I, as it's Christmas, Shah, I think I can let you have three, but I'm not sure I, I'm going to be prepared to go further than that. So no, thank you ever so much to do all three of you, Simon. Okay. Um, thanks, Ian. Um, so, um, just before I ask the the last question, which is the the um, if money and politics were no object, what would you um, what would you see changed? Um, I just um, wanted to catch up on a couple of the comments, which I which I thought were good. Um, so, uh, Claire in the comments on LinkedIn is is saying that communication is key. So, we're, uh, agreeing with the with, with the points I think that you were all making uh, with regards to the communications about uh, about social events uh, being cancelled. Um, she's also mentioned in, a, in another couple of comments um, that Weatherspoons in the bingo hall are, are thriving. So. Um, Excellent. Glad to glad to see that the that the um that the Weatherspoons and the the bingo scene is a, is alive and well in Kosham High Street. I remember the bingo scene being um being absolutely packed when I used to work at Tesco in Kosham on the High Street, and they used to turf out every time um to come and get their um their snacks in the interval. Um, and, and she also mentions that Kosham needs uh, more places to socialise young and old together, and that's a uh, that's an interesting point, obviously, about the the, the mix of the the generations there. So, thank you, thank you, Claire, for those comments. Um, so, our last question, as as I say, was um, if um, if po if politics and financial restrictions weren't uh, weren't a barrier, so money or politics were no, or votes were no object, what well, one thing would you change uh, about how the council works? Uh, and if I can go first to to Matthew for that one, please. Um, so, uh, one of the things that um, that I've looked at during my time on the council is trying to make some significant, it ties in a bit to the comments you said, significant improvement to Clasham High Street. Um, I'd like to see some kind of uh, increased uh, uh, beautification, some some uh, smartening up, to some some subsidy to encourage better businesses in. And, and you know, as I mentioned, naive, you know, we, we did get some things done. We got improved electrical points. We got new street lighting put in. We've had some work done on pavement and resurfacing. But... Um, we put together a plan to um, try and use sill money to, to improve the high street a bit. And um, it was coming to kind of three, four, three thousand, three hundred, four hundred thousand pounds. Doing things through the council costs a shocking amount of money. Um, you start to realize. And one thing would be nice to change is, is how much it costs to do basic things through the council. But um, my real point was going to be that it would be nice if the council i mean it's expected to save it and it's it isn't able to make the kind of savings and certainly the the northern high streets are not a priority for the kind of spending we're talking about the current administration but um it's expected to somehow save and acquire the money to make uh, infrastructure improvements across the city from the council budget um 
And it, it, it can, local authorities, I mean, Portsmouth, I think, and I, I give a lot of credit to the previous Conservative administration for this, as, as well as some credit to the current administration, in a relatively good financial position, in the sense we're not looking at going bankrupt anytime soon, like a lot of councils are. But councils are not in the position to be able to save up the kind of money they need to actually undergo regeneration and redevelopment of, of important assets to the city, like local town centres. Um, and so it would be nice if we were just give you know, if councils had a funding pot from which they could do that um, uh, without expecting to having to find it while also trying to find that, frankly, this is the biggest drain on every council budget, adult social care money, you know, adult and children's social care too, but particularly adult social care is, is that area that, you know, paying for, for care for the elderly and care for the vulnerable, which isn't a really important thing that councils do, but it shouldn't be on councils and it's too much money. It means we don't have the money to regenerate the city. And, um, you know, resolving that problem is, is going to be a big, it is an important problem nationally. And I think we'll, we'll free up councils to be able to do a lot more to actually invest in key areas of the city. And, and so that I think is, is what I would say. Okay, thank you very much. And, and just for the benefit of our listeners, before uh, before I go to Shah um, on that one, um, SIL is community infrastructure levy. That's a that's a levy that developers. Yeah, sorry. Every time there's development yeah. in in um, Kosham area, we get a small percentage of that to invest in. It has to be infrastructure projects, so it can't be ongoing. I'm often people often say, "Why can't you start a youth club with it?" We're not allowed to do anything which has ongoing regular upkeep costs it can only be big one-off projects one-off payments like for example something else i'm proud of is the exercise in caution exercise equipment in caution park that's the type of thing we can spend still money on we have quite a lot in caution at the moment because of developments at north harbour where the big tesco's is got brought a lot of money in but that money will disappear quickly if we spend it too readily and we were looking therefore can we do something big with the big windfall we got but um we could never quite hit on a, a, a full scheme for the high street mm. um that would make the difference we wanted within the budget we had so it's, it's quite limited amounts of money you get year on year but currently we've got a couple hundred thousand there-ish saved saved up in caution to spend on something good okay lovely thank thank you very much um and for explaining that for our listeners thank you matthew um so um Shah, if um politics and money were no objects what would you like to change about how the council works? Um, actually, before that, I want to just add one point, um, Claire Martin uh, point, which is focused on building a community who can help you. Um, um, what I was, what I would like to say is, number one is those areas, we got five polling stations in our ward, and I want to have in each and every polling station, at least one community center where uh, that community center is open for, for any age group so like Wimbering, we used to have, there is no community center at the moment. And I'm trying to get a space for them to socialize for um, either with e e uh, senior citizens or uh, family uh, families who can socialize. So coming on the point, what you said actually, um, the, the honest answer is since I got elected, I'm trying my, I tried my best and I will try my best to change the culture we need to put our residents on the top of the list and put our parties behind. And if we can do that, that will be a very, very big change because when we work like friends, it doesn't matter you're conservative, you're any, you're conservative, labor, lib, dem, pip, whatever. 
it doesn't matter it does matter you are working for your residents if you are working for your residents you will be working together and when you work together the outcome will be positive for our residents and which needs to be our um, top priority in the council again blaming each other rather than having what did you do you show your residents rather than blaming others you didn't do it so that is the culture change i'm trying for this and that's why i have good relation and i'm trying to have good relation with all parties so we can work for the residents rather than for the party lovely thank you Shah. uh mary last last word on that um can i have two? Oh, go on go on <laughs> <laughs> um i would really like to go back to the committee structure rather than the cabinet structure and um, because everybody in the council would have more access uh, to say what they need for the residents um, some people are very good at sharing information there are definitely people in the party that the Lib Dems in control who will share but there are people who don't um, and it's not fair really the other thing I'd love is first to have childcare so the parents and especially women can get more involved uh, in being a counsellor um, and, you know, also maybe putting time restrictions on meetings that go on till 12 midnight. You know, it's ridiculous when you have childcare uh, commitments. You can't do that. So that's what I'd like. Okay, lovely. So, thank you very much. Thank you all. Thank you all for giving up your, uh, your Sunday evenings to share that with the listeners and, um, you know, I think Simon and I have been doing this long enough to know that um, being a councillor, you know, there's the fame and there's the money, but um, that's not really why anybody gets into it. <laughs> the, 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 there's no there money. Are, there are bemused faces on the other end of the webcam. Um, there's only yes, infamy. There's definitely not fame. Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 all you know. Again, so so on behalf of the podcast, we'd like to thank all three of you for your service to the people of uh, of, of Gosham and Wimmering. And uh, wish you all a, a very splendid uh, Christmas break when the time comes. So you've been listening to the Pompey Politics Podcast. I've been Ian Tiny Morris. And our guests this evening have been Councillor Matthew Atkins, Councillor Ashkar Shah, and Councillor Mary Valerie. Thank you all three. Thank you. Um, I've Thank you very much. You, you're, you're all welcome. Thank you so much for giving up part of your Sunday evening and thank you uh, for the for the lovely comments. Um, and um, just to remind everyone, uh, join us next week at 6.27 when we have our, our last um, episode of the year where we're doing a bit of a Christmas carol. So we'll be looking over votes of Christmas past, present and future. So we'll be casting our eye into the future of what's going to happen in uh, 2024 so do join us next week at 627 don't forget to like follow subscribe send biscuits um whatever <laughs> you'd like to do to support the podcast thank you very much and we'll see you next week thank you for listening to this episode of the pompey politics podcast if you want to make sure you get notifications about upcoming shows and get to know when we're live. We normally broadcast live 6.27pm on a Sunday evening. Then follow us on Facebook at Pompey Politics Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at Pompey Politics One. Please, if you'd like to, feel free to leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can even ask Alexa to play the podcast for you. Alexa, play the latest episode of the Pompey Politics Podcast. Getting Pompey Politics Podcast from Amazon Music.
Alexa. The latest episode. Stop. See? Cheesy. <laughs>